Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Art of Awesome show number 80. But when you find something that you just love to do um, and someone's willing to pay you anything for it, you're like, this is sweet. I'm going to just chase this dream. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to chase it as far as I can and see how far we can go down this rabbit hole. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, so we've got another deep dive interview for you guys, although today we're going to do something totally different, something that we've never done here on the show before, and it actually starts back with the fact that I did this interview with the bucket list guy, Trav Bell, a couple weeks back, and I know a lot of you guys really loved it. Uh, it was a, just a super cool conversation, and, and his whole bucket list lifestyle is pretty rad. If you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go check out that episode as well. Uh, I'll have that in the show notes. But yeah, Trav Bell invited me onto his podcast, The Bucket List Podcast, and, and Trav actually interviewed me. So we're actually going to share that conversation and that interview for you guys today because uh, first, I, I just really love that bucket list lifestyle and just that kind of whole message and meaning that he's got going on there about, you know, chasing your dreams and, and checking things off. And then, uh, yeah, just it was a really fun conversation that I think you guys are really going to enjoy and something that I wanted to share with you guys. So let's check it out. And also let me know what you guys think of this, uh, whether or not you want me to share more conversations and interviews that I have on different podcasts or whether you know it's something that you guys weren't that into and just stick with interviewing other rad guests. Anyway, let me know um, with either a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or hit me up on Instagram with a DM at Nick Troutman Kayak. And either way, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think. So let's wait no longer and jump right into this conversation I had with Trav Bell. Hey, Bucket Listers, welcome to another episode of the Bucket List Live podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. What an awesome episode we've got for you. I've been really looking forward to chatting with Nick. Uh, I tell you what, <laughs> talk about a Bucket List Life. Dude, <laughs> welcome to the Bucket List Live podcast. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, Trav. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, now, straight up, uh First of all, guys, welcome to the Buckle This Live podcast. Two, if you're watching this live because we are streaming it live, feel free to comment. Uh, we'd love to. Uh, we can put some of those comments up on the screen. But, mate, I ask this. I ask this of every host, uh, every host, I'm the host, uh, of, of every guest. Mate, you have travelled around the world. You've done a, a bunch of crazy things, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, and I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what you actually do, uh, but I really do appreciate it. Um, 
when when we used to fly, you know, when we used to fly in these things called planes pre you know, pre COVID, um, we would have to fill out an incoming passenger card and put our occupation on that passenger card, right? So what 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 do you put on your passenger card? Um, so that's a great question. I uh, I have that's a, a head scratcher for me too, and. <laughs> More often than not, I just put athlete because it's just the easiest. And and then when you get to customs and the customs guards, you know, ask you questions, you just be like, well, I'm a professional athlete. I travel around going kayaking and doing stuff. And, th and then they kind of get it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, before that, I mean, I would just, I don't even know what I would put. Maybe like <laughs> whitewater kayaker or professional kayaker and different things like that. And they would just yeah. be like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you are a professional sponsored whitewater kayaker. Uh, and this is not just, you know, <laughs> I wish we could maybe screen screen share or something, some of your footage, mate. It's next level. Uh, you throw yourself off waterfalls and land it, hopefully, and well, you're still here today, so you've you've done that successfully. Mm -hmm. And uh, where most of us are like holding our genitals and going, no, dude, don't don't do that. Um, and uh, and you you seem to get a kick out of doing that. And plus, you've got like eighteen GoPros strapped to you, so we get it from every fucking angle. And uh, your your YouTube, what straight up, what's your YouTube um, your your YouTube uh, channel? I think it's uh, Nick Troutman or Nick Troutman Kayak. I'd have to I'd have to go back and check. I, I did YouTube first, so it might actually be, just be Nick Troutman. And then uh, yeah, and then when I got on like Instagram and stuff like that later on, it, I I think I changed it to Nick Troutman Kayak. Uh, so yeah. it's a little bit easier for for people to kind of like search and stuff. Um, but cool. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> ironically, I guess I live the life that you you kind of preach about the the bucket list life. And mm. honestly, I still wake up every day and kind of pinch myself and realize that I'm just like extremely grateful for the life that I live. And essentially, I kind of you know really am living the dream life in the sense that I remember still very vividly at maybe 13, 14, um, thinking like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool? That's like when I got into kayaking, when yeah. I first started learning and I just got like super addicted to the sport right away. And, uh, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool to one day be like a professional kayaker? And was that, not even, was that even a thing with you growing up? Uh, whereabouts in the world are you? Where are you based? So right now I'm, I'm at home in Rock Island, Tennessee. Uh, but I grew up in, the Ottawa Valley in a really small town called Beechburg, Ontario, beside the Ottawa River, the Ottawa River up in Canada. Right. Um, and when I got into kayaking, there were some professional kayakers for sure, and some some role yeah. models. And actually, one of my biggest role models, um, ironically, now is my father-in-law. Um, and so, I mean, I, there's a whole <laughs> difference. I mean, That's we can go me. deep down that story, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I think when, when we talked, I had you on my podcast earlier and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but just like the law of attraction and different things yeah. like this. And I didn't really like know of this stuff when I was a kid, but I just had these like dreams 
and and I've always been very like goal oriented. And um, I mean, life just kind of worked out exactly yeah. how I wanted it to. It's it's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you can tell you're a Canadian too, mate. But if I about and out and you know yeah. these sort of <laughs> the uh, so what when did you catch the bug? You know, did did father-in-law go? Hey, let's go for a family family picnic, and and while we're at, you know, we'll go for a little whitewater raft after this. And and he took you off a few waterfalls, and you went, oh, this is mad, and let's 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 get into this. <laughs> and I want to go off solo. What's the? How did you get into it? Uh, I got into it earlier than that before I before I had a father-in-law. I was uh, I think I was fourteen when I first started uh, to kayak, and my my best friend at the time. We did everything together. We played hockey and snowboarded and skateboarded yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and one summer he was like, hey, man, I'm probably not going to be able to hang out with you too much because I'm going to go learn how to do kayaking at my father's um, whitewater kayak school. Right. He, his dad owned the largest whitewater rafting company on the Ottawa River and, and kayak school on the Ottawa River. And I was kind of like, oh, bummer, man. We're not going to hang out all summer because we spent like a lot of time together. And he was like, well, you can come try it with me. And I was like, okay, cool. And at that, mm. at that time in life, I mean, I, I thought of kayaking probably what most people think, long pointy boats that just like meander downstream. Yeah. And so I show up and immediately I'm just like, like shock and awe with these short freestyle kayaks that are doing flips and tricks and surfing and all this stuff. And I was just like blown away. And being that I was into skateboarding and snowboarding and kind of that like that was like the rise of like the extreme sports and like yeah, freestyle yeah. and all this stuff. And uh, so I immediately just fell in love with the sport of kayaking and it's all I would think of all I would talk about. I mean, I was like addicted. I'm sure I drew, <laughs> I, I, I made all my teachers go crazy in high school and just yeah. everything. Cause it's all I would ever talk about. Um, and so and if, yeah, if, you weren't, if you weren't an, if you weren't an extreme kayaker, what do you think you'd be? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's almost hard for me to to say because yeah. it's such a different. Like I was going on that path, you know what I mean? Like before going to high school, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll be like an architect or an engineer or a designer of some sort. I want to move into the big city. I want to live in the high rise. I want to live the big city life. Do you know what I mean? Because I was coming from small town, like yeah, you yeah. know, farm country. And then I got into kayaking and started traveling the world and going to all these amazing places, but like super remote, like way off in the jungles where, you know, a lot yeah. of people still haven't been to some of these locations. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. in canyons yeah. and rivers that most people don't get to go see. Yeah. And I immediately realized like, no, I don't want to go live in the city. Like this is the life that I want to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just followed that life. So it would I can't be see you as an accountant, mate. I, I, I can't <laughs> see you middle management working for a big, uh, big, you know, big company, middle management, wearing the tie, nine to five, hating their life. I can't, yeah, I can't I, see. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a foreign idea. I mean, like I still love doing different things and I'm involved mm. like in some different business stuff. And, and as yeah. of recently, I've gotten pretty uh, interested uh, in real estate as well. And, so yeah. I've got like, you know, different things kind of going on, but to, to say like, what would you do if you weren't a kayaker? It's, I mean, it, it would be a different if it was like, as of right now, if something drastically yeah. happened and for some reason yeah. I could no longer kayak, I've got, 
so many things and so much experience of the world that I could, you know, continue on my life. It could change light pretty easy, yeah. But yeah. but the like if I was to go back to, you know, the 14-year-old version of me and just like something was to realign and and I never found kayaking, man, yeah. it's like the the movie The Butterfly Effect. Like it would be a whole different life that I would be living for sure. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love it. And and um and talk about, you know, living in passion. It, it's like the holy grail, right? Like you, you sort of, you know, like like me as well, like I, I was just telling someone this morning and I didn't really know her and she asked, oh, what do you do? And I said, well, for the last 10 years I've been running around as running around the world as the bucket list guy. Like that's a job? What What, what is that? I said, well, I created it. And, and, and like I guess that, that's just and people pay me to speak about this philosophy of life and, Oh, really? How, how can I get into that? Well, I guess it's kind of unique and it's, um, and that's what it is for you. It's like it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's pinch yourself sort of stuff and you're always reminded of that when you come across people, aren't you? Yeah. Of like you do that full time, but people pay you to do that. Like um, back to truck up, how, um, when did it get serious for you? When, when, you, when do you go from... You know what? I love running down the river. I love jumping off. Uh, you know, kayaking off off some of these waterfalls. When did you become professional? Um. So I mean, technically, like I still same thing like you. I still pinch myself, and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe people, you know, call me a professional and pay me to do what I love to do or or whatever. But <laughs> just do it um, anyway. Exactly, yeah. but. For me, I guess it started right after right after high school and out of high school. So probably like around eighteen. Mm. And, um, again, I, I had great mentorship with my, mm. with my now father-in-law. Um, and he was, he's four time world champion. I mean, he's kind of like, he has paved the road for, you know, becoming, a turning kayaking into, into a profession. He would travel around with his family in an RV for seven years straight competing, you know, doing all this mm. kind of stuff when, the sport of kayaking really wasn't that big. It's not like when people, you know, when you tell people, oh, I'm a professional athlete, they think of like NBA, um, yeah. basketball, yeah. football, all that kind of stuff, like rolling in like big money, yeah. sponsorship yeah. deals, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, that's not it. It's, it's for the most part, pretty small income, yeah. but you're doing what you love to do. And yeah. essentially the gist of it is no one would do what I do for the amount that I get paid unless you love doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'm not sure if it's the same for you or not, but, but when you find something that you just love to do um, yeah. and someone's willing to pay you anything for it, you're like, this is sweet. I'm going to just yeah. chase <laughs> this dream. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to chase it as far as I can and see how yeah. far we can go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I've got this, you know, I've always said, uh, you know, when I'm interviewed on podcasts, you know, if you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you, what would you be doing? I was like, uh, well, I, I, I can't even fathom that, but I guess I'd love to be a professional surfer. Like I'm, I've grown up surfing. We've got this thing called ability uh, getting in the way, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but, you know, and, and. What I've taken out of what you just said too, mate, is uh, I've got to, in order to do that though, I've got to. I'm going to get a new dad. That's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a new father. Um, I'll get rid of the, the one. I'll, I'll try and find an ex-world champion 
uh, four times world champion surfer that uh, I could, we could hook up in the family and see how we. No, that might be. That might help. <laughs> I, I mean, I think uh, more than anything, almost I'd say that it's it's not so much that you like. You know, it needs to be your dad or whatever, but yeah, but to have that mentor or coach or anything like it could just yeah. be just knowing like if you knew if you wanted to be a professional surfer and you were like you know maybe Kelly Slater happens to be your neighbor and you live by the beach, you're way more likely to to kind of follow Kelly Slater's footsteps if you could ask yeah. him for advice. If you could be like, hey Kelly, like obviously, I mean, it goes back to the, to the skill part, but that's just yeah. time in. I <laughs> no, mean, no, it really does go back to the skill part. But, Kelly Slater can't give me all the advice that he knows to make me. Of course, <laughs> of course. But I mean, anybody can put in the like, you know, 10,000 oh, yeah. hours yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're never going to become number one but in a short amount of time. Away, yeah, no, the, but the takeaway really for, for maybe some of the younger crew watching is is get around people you know look look at your circles if you if you love hearing what nick has done um if you like hearing what anyone has done use them as a role model be mentor be open to be coached by them ask them for help and i think you know getting out of the way fear of embarrassment might come up like, like overcome that fear and and seek mentors seek coaches seek people and that that really does collapse those time frames between where you are now and where you want to be right and yeah. I don't think too many, I don't, I, I feel that a lot of people don't, uh, you know, allow themselves to ask and have the courage to ask, get out of your comfort zone and ask for, ask, ask for that help for sure. So when you, so did you, uh, you know, do you, do you, cause you'll jump you, when you, I don't know if there's a technical term, but what do you do? What is the term when you throw yourself off a waterfall in a very small, kayak slash canoe whatever that thing is called what 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 is it called launching sending it i know it's sending yeah. is the yeah i mean people say sending it all the time but it, it, we we call it like running a waterfall um running. Is, yeah there you go. and then there's different techniques for you know like how you want your angle to to go off the drop and stuff like that but if you're yeah. just going over it you, you know like you call it like you're running the waterfall yeah wow okay and and so over time over time, you go off bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones. Is that the progression? Just like a surfer, bigger and bigger waves? Yeah. Is that how it kind of works? Yep. What mountain, what waterfall do you yet have to conquer? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, I haven't broke the 100-foot barrier yet for waterfalls, and, and that's been something that I've been wanting to do. It's been broken by, you know, a lot of other people that the record I think is 186. Um, and so a hundred feet seems pretty small in comparison, but that was a big goal of mine for, for a, a couple of years now. And through my life. So just, just for us, just yeah. for us in metric terms, 100 feet is 30, 30 and a half meters. Yep. All right. Check that out guys. Okay. Um, that's ridiculous, man. So what's the highest you've gone? What's the highest you've gone off? Mine's like 80 something. Um, 80 something, you know, like, what, what is it? I didn't, I didn't actually measure the, the highest one that I did it. I mean, it could be, I, I don't know. We all just call it like 80 feet 
It could be 82. I'm, I'm, I mean, it could be wow. 79. I'm not 100% certain, to be honest. That's 25 um, meters. So that's 25 meters, bro. So that's like, that's ridiculous too. I mean, that's, that's, that's 25 meters. That's a length of a, a, a small swimming pool for us. And you're, how big are your kayaks? Uh, the ones that we go off are probably around eight and a half feet. Uh, so that would be not quite, no, uh, it'd be like two meters and a bit. Now, I've sat down with the kids. I've got two 14-year-old boys, probably not the best after dinner watching that because everyone went to bed all hyped up and like, I can do that, I can do that. It's like, no, no, we're not, no. I don't, <laughs> he's a professional athlete. You know, we don't own any kayaks, guys, so let's just let's just pick it back. But, you, dude, how do you land that? What, what's the technique of landing that? It, like, it's not soft. Well, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it can be soft and you're hoping for a soft landing, but you're right. You, it, you could go wrong too. The higher waterfalls you want to kind of like um, pencil in. So you, you want your bow to drop and then you'll tuck forward and you're going to try to be as streamlined as possible so that uh, to minimize the impact. So if you're trying you, to be drop. Exactly. Exactly. If you on a smaller drop or on, on waterfalls that are shallow, um, you do what we call like a booth where you, where you kind of go out and you try to land flat, but yeah. you would, you wouldn't want to do that on a big waterfall because uh, you'll, you'll compress your break your back. Yeah. 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 And imagine uh, what, like what's the gnarliest, I mean, people would have broken backs, I'm sure. Um, Cause waterfalls are so damn unpredictable. Yeah. Well, they so, are predictable for you, but unpredictable for everyone else. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the beauties of, of kayaking for me is yeah. um, whitewater kayaking. It doesn't just have to be waterfalls, all rapids, surfing waves, anything like that is it's very unpredictable and it's always changing. I, I regularly say like the only constant in kayaking is that there is no constant. Like every mm -hmm. time, cause, cause water is just, it's, just the way that it reacts, it's always going to be different. So you might run the same rapid or the same waterfall yeah. 10 times and it'll be a yeah. little bit different each time. And so you're yeah. forced, yeah. you're forced into these quick decision-making uh, moments, which is really fun for me because within that, it, it kind of like, it almost force forces that flow state a lot more. Oh, um, tell you. And, and like your decision-making and I was watching you guys is coming down a waterfall, you know, like you've got to read it off the rock, you've got to read off another rock, see how it's coming together and, and make a call on which way you go. And you've literally got split-second decision-making and um, it's like you've got to take in a lot of information, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it blows me away. And and I guess that's that's the same with surfing. You've got to take in all the information to get a good wave. Yeah. Um, so have you injured yourself? What what you know, any injuries? <laughs> well, <laughs> how long have we got, Trev? Um, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, yeah, I have. Um, uh, I, yeah, I've, uh, I guess some of the more severe injuries, I've separated both my shoulders um, and and I've had a couple concussions. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, knock on wood, you know, we're, we're still here. I've had some, I've had some close calls that, uh, that I'm lucky to, Lucky to learn some lessons from, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, nothing nothing too too bad. Now, forgive me for not knowing, but is there a um, is there a competition on? There's, there's it's in the Olympics, isn't it? 
Yeah. So it is in the Olympics. Um, the, the type of kayaking that I do mainly isn't in the Olympics. So the the version of whitewater kayaking, because whitewater kayaking alone has like several different kind of niche subcategories. Um, so in the Olympics, they've got slalom kayaking where they've got gates and you gotta, you gotta race through the gates. Yeah. Then there's, um, extreme racing, which is kind of like slalom, but it's usually down really steep sections or rapids and waterfalls. And sometimes there's gates. Sometimes it's just straight against the clock. Then there's boater cross where you race against like other people. Um, there's freestyle kayaking where you're surfing either like a hole or a wave and doing flips and tricks. And, um, and yeah, I, I do a lot more of just, and then I guess there's like expedition style and just, it's more of like, just running waterfalls and exploring and trying to find first ascents and stuff like that. And so, is that the fun part of what you do, like the just running waterfalls? Like, is that the biggest rush? Where do you find your flow state? You know, what's the thing that you really look forward to the most? Uh, so I guess two questions there. Um, the flow state, I probably tap into the flow state a lot more running waterfalls. And, and I feel like, for me and, and my personal experience, uh, I can tap into that flow state a lot more when there is risk on the line. Um, and, and the little flow state studying that I've done, cause I find flow state very intriguing and, and I've done some research on it myself. Um, yeah. that a lot of people say the same thing is that the, the more, um, that risk is on the line, the easier it is to tap into that flow state. Yeah. But now in saying that, you know, the more I put my life on the line, sometimes you're like, man, I, I need a break from this. Like I'm like, I need to, I need to chill out. You know what I mean? Like I need to, to go you just like surf and have fun. Like adre- on adrenaline, like adrenal fatigue, I guess. Ex- exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all good and dandy, but when, when, you know, you get a couple situations where stuff hits the fan and you're just like, that wasn't cool. You get mm. put into a couple of those environments and eventually that will happen. And you're like, man, I want to take a break and just go surf. And so I also really just love freestyle kayaking. That's, that's kind of how I got into the sport and where I grew up. And so, um, big wave surfing is also like really fun for me because you get some of that, um, you know, that, that extreme factor surfing some really big waves. Yeah. Um, but it's not always as risky as, as running some of the waterfalls and stuff. And now how do you perceive risk? Thank you all for listening. Now let's take a quick moment and hear from our sponsors. Personally, I've had my fair share of injuries over the years, and I can honestly say that CBD has been one of my go-tos for any recovery. Whether it be something like a separated AC joint or tendonitis or sore muscles, CBD oil has helped me with it all. I've even used it to simply reduce my stress and even sleep better at night. So if you want to give it a try and start feeling better already, then I have something for you. How would you like an additional $50 off the Calm CBD oil that I personally use from Touchstone Essentials? So simply head to www.thegoodinside.com forward slash art of awesome and sign up now. Your body will thank you. Anyone who knows me simply knows that I love being in the outdoors. Whether it's hiking, biking, camping, boating, I love it all. And there's nothing like getting outside on a bluebird sunny day. Though the only thing that makes Bluebird Days even better are a great pair of sunglasses. It's time to make your outdoor experiences, it's time to make your outdoor experience better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. 
They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan, clearly better. Because how many kids you got? I've got two. I've got a I've got a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. And so okay. I just want to ask, like, you bring kids into your life. How does Nick Troutman, extreme kayaker, change his perception of risk because of the kids? You know, has it changed at all? Has it not changed at all? It's like you're still sending it no matter no matter how many kids you got in your life. You know, what, what's how, how do things change? They de- I'd start off by saying it definitely changes, but it doesn't yeah. change the way that people told me it would. People were like, oh, once you have kids, you're going to stop running class five, which is in, in our grades, that's like the highest level. But yeah. you're going to stop running class five rapids and you're going to stop running waterfalls because that's just too risky. <clears throat> I, I've still run class five and I still run waterfalls. Yeah. But what I do is I have zero problem walking away from it if I'm not feeling it that day. Right. I, I have come to terms with the fact that like I've got to be on my A game if I'm going to like, you know, put myself in these risky scenarios because I know that they're risky. I've had, you know, the, the life and death situations and, and, and I've yeah. seen things happen to, to friends of mine and stuff yeah. that, you know, I'd be foolish to think that it's, you know, oh, that'll never happen to me. So yeah. I know that it's risky. But yeah. when I'm on my A game and I'm feeling it and, I, and I've been training and I've been in the water, you know, every day and all this kind of stuff, like, yeah, I, I'm on it. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I keep going. But I, at that same point, like some days you're just not feeling it. And, and yeah. I have zero problem on those days to just be like, guys, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm off today. It's just not, you know, or, or this waterfall, yeah. I scout yeah. this waterfall and I don't like it. I'm just going to walk yeah. around it today. You know what I mean? And so you just got to wow. know some days, you know, some days are good and some days just you, you walk away for a different day. I mean, maybe, you know, is it, is it, um, does the ego kind of take a back step when you have the kids, you know, like, like, and you, and you're just a little bit smarter with your decision making rather than just bravo, bravo, I'll, I'll send it on whatever, I, whatever you put in front of me. It's, it's yeah. young, you know, immature versus uh, mature. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's a great way of explaining it is that, um, that I try not to let the ego get in the way probably yeah. like I did maybe when I was 18 or like a lot of young athletes might do where yeah. you take out the cameras and you get some people there and they're like, Oh sweet. Well, if everybody's filming or if they're going to, you know, whatever, take some photos, I'm going to run it. Of course, like, <laughs> what could go wrong? Um, and, and it's just like, I now know like one, what can go wrong and two, that it doesn't matter whether they're filming or not. If yeah. I'm not in that moment, I'm not going to do it. Like I, I actually went on a film trip uh, to go film, not a commercial, but like, a, I, I don't know. It was, they called it fly, fly over Iceland or something like that. And they were doing this big production for yeah. Iceland. And, and we went to go film this. Um, I think that one was maybe like 60 feet or 55 feet, something like that. A, a pretty big waterfall that, um, in Iceland. That has, in, in, Iceland. Iceland. in Iceland. Yeah. It's called uh, Aldea Foss. It's gorgeous waterfall. Super cool. Wow. Um, but it's got some consequences and it's, it's kind of a tricky waterfall. And I told them beforehand going there, I was like, Hey guys, I'm all down to go film it and, and all this stuff. Yeah. But you have to know, I'll tell you the day of, if I'm going to run it. 
Wow. You know what I mean? And so, so we went and there was three, three different kayakers um, that they brought in to go film it. So they had three different runs and stuff like that. And uh, I only made the decision essentially 10 minutes before I went, like is when I made the final call, like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely really? going. Yeah. And, and what, it was. What held you back up until that point? Um, was it just not, you know, feeling it? Was it the, the weather or was it? Like, all, all of the above the combination of like analysis paralysis fear i mean yeah. i call it i call it the demons of the mind um yeah. where you know negativity uh negative thoughts kind of creep in slowly yeah. they just creep in slowly and they're like ooh, yeah. can you make that move what happens if you don't and then what if you start thinking of like the negative side of things it's easy to kind of go down that rabbit hole and then it's like once you start thinking the negative side it's hard to come back sometimes and you're like, ah, oh. you have an anchor? do you have a system? Do you have a routine ritual to get you out of that state into a more positive one? Uh, one, I try really hard not to get into that state. Um, <laughs> yeah, and true. then, which is difficult on its own. Um, yeah. and then two, I guess the, the easiest way, um, is to, to fall back on, my own experiences and, and just mm -hmm. know that I've got, you know, 15 years experience. And so it's like, okay, I've got all of yeah. this, com um, commun uh, like all, all of this experience put into like this moment, do you know what I mean? Where, where I can call yeah. on it right now. Yeah. But yeah. If, if I'm still not feeling it, if the weather's, you know, the weather was coming in, it was storming, like a storm was brewing as I was about yeah. to go. And I was just like, yeah. man, I don't know. Like everything's kind of just like happening, but, um, but I made the decision. I was able to kind of clear my mind and, and it helped. I had a buddy of mine who was at the lip, who was kind of help coordinating with the heli that was doing the shoot and me yep. running the drop. And he was just super calm and collective. And he gave me the thumbs up. He's like, dude, you good to go. And was just like, and I, that really helped kind of just center me in the moment too, where I was like, okay, yeah, man, let's, let's do yeah. it. We're ready. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of, I would say it's, it's moment by moment. Um, yeah. But okay. a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with, the trust um of the crew that i'm with too because yeah. in these yeah. situations i mean it, it especially the more risky situations you have to know that you're putting your life in your friend's hands and vice versa and so you better trust them and when there yeah. is that trust and that bond it's a lot easier to to kind of like let go and release that trust if and you're also, with people yeah sorry, i was gonna say that. um yeah because i've watched a few of your videos online there uh on your youtube channel and you guys like it's not just you know starting off at the start of a a, a run of, of waterfalls and it might be a you know it might go on for half an hour or, or whatever it is um but you guys are literally getting out you know getting out of your kayaks sussing out the drop sussing out the waterfall so and really calculating the hell out of it before you do any drops um, so it's not just, you know, start at one end and then finish at the other and not get out, but you're getting out, like just looking for, what are you looking for when you're looking over these waterfalls, you know, in particular? Uh, I mean, the, the first things, uh, you analyze the risk. And so you try to see mm. like, what are the hazards that are at play here? Are there yeah. rocks in the landing? Is there a log? Are there undercuts? Um, you try to immediately figure out what are the hazards that could be just immediately turn it into a no-go. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah, I'm yeah. walking. This just doesn't yeah. look good to me. Yeah. After that, then you're kind of looking at, 
okay, what's the river doing? What's the water kind of doing? And trying yeah. to guess, because I mean, it's constantly changing, but you're yeah. trying to guess like, okay, if I'm here on this line, how's it going to react? You kind of play out some of the different situations of like, well, if that yeah. wave pushes me too far to the right or too far to the left, what's going to happen? Do I have time <laughs> to make it back online? All these kind of things. And you're just yeah. trying to find that line. And then also you're trying to pinpoint the markers because, um, you're, you know, wherever you are scouting it, once you get into the Canyon or into the gorge or into the river, you're in, <laughs> you're in, and there is no turning back at that point. So you can't just yeah, like stop yeah. and get back out and be like, well, where was I going here? Um, yeah. and so you try to make your, your markers so that, you know, like, okay, at this rock, I want to be three, three feet off or at that wave, I want to hit it right on. Or when yes. I pass this branch, I've got to be like positioned like this, different things like that. Wow. Wow. And do you, um, do you, you're sitting there like with five mates and you, you, do you draw straws as in uh, who's going to be the guinea pig first or, or do you just go, no, nah, I'm going and it's a race to, the, uh, race to be first? Uh, a bit of both. Um, okay. So sometimes, <clears throat> I mean, again, it just depends on the crew that you're with, but usually yeah. you, you open it up and say like, who's, who's looking at running this? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. because not everybody's going to want to run every drop. Yeah, yeah, and then once you've yeah. got the people that are like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm go, I'm go, I'm going to do it. Then, uh, you either ask, I mean, just being polite, being like, Hey, do you want to go first? Do you mind if I go first? If two people yeah. want to go first, it's pretty common place to do rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, that's kind of just like how we go, I guess. Unreal. Unreal. Hey, so when, uh, so you're a GoPro sponsored athlete. How many, how many sponsors, are, you know, what's the, what's the, the professional, uh, you know, setup of this? How's the commercialization of, of this hobby that's now become, uh, 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 you know, the real deal? Um, you know, who are you sponsored by? And I'd love to know more about what are the contractual obligations with GoPro as a major company um, that is supporting you as well? You know, how many videos you have to do and et cetera, et cetera. What's your quotas? So yeah. who are you sponsored by? Give them a shout out. Not that, you know, I don't know who's going to be watching this, but, you know, like who, who sponsors an extreme kayaker um, and, and what's the GoPro, you know, set up? Yeah, I mean, so um, I'm sponsored by, by GoPro, by Jackson Kayak, um, which is my father-in-law's company. Um, yeah. NRS, which is uh, a kayak gear company. I'm actually sponsored by GMC Trucks, which is epic. Awesome. Yeah, they've got some seriously rad trucks. Um, <laughs> I've got a, a trailer that we tow behind our truck um, from Keystone Trailers. Yeah, uh, fat tire beer, um, and then hang on, hang on. That's not <laughs> yeah. extreme bike. What are they? What are they? What, what's <laughs> so yeah. you got an supply of beer too? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and then Touchstone Essentials, they they make like uh, supplements and stuff like that for protein yeah. powder. Um, yeah, and um, I, I'm actually, yeah, anyway, I'm also sponsored by like a bike company and, and some different things too. We're we're actually in the midst of, of uh, actually launching a family adventure kind of docu-series. So I've got some other sponsors that aren't necessarily like directly packing related. Um, yeah. But... But yeah, nice. I've got some awesome partners that that are just really cool brands um, yeah. that I'm really, you know, yeah. blessed to 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 have these relationships with. Yeah. As far as GoPro goes, um, my relationship with them is is on a content 
delivery system where it's like right. <clears throat> you have to provide. Now, mind you, sorry to interrupt there, but is this how all the GoPro athletes, because I follow a lot of them on, on YouTube, obviously, um, and on uh, other social media, but I'm always fascinated. Are, are these contracts all kind of the same? In all honesty, uh, pretty much everybody signs an NDA. <clears throat> so yeah. it's it's pretty rare to really like discuss them throughout the athletes. So I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I, I mean, I not even for sure. I couldn't really even speak to say exactly what the different athletes have. The deal is, uh, um, yeah. As far as, as my deal goes, it's it's more of like, you provide, you know, X amount of footage and photos and, um, and X amount of posts and, and yeah. different things like that. And, and essentially just promote, promote the brand, um, yeah. in, in a good yeah. light. And, and, but they're very authentic about it where they say, yeah. they're not like trying to like force it down your throat. They say like, yeah, yeah. you know, cool. promote it the way that you like it and, and talk about it the way that you enjoy it and, and use it the way that you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. and then send us, send us your content so that we can use it as well. Yeah, um, and of the other sponsors, um, is it a mix of product and money, or just product? Uh, both. Um, yeah, and and it all just depends. I mean, there's there's a lot of different. It's different it's like advertising. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to cut the pie up. Do you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, so true, true. some some deals are more event based. Some are more you know TV based. Some are more social media based. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, everything kind of has a different way of, or each brand has yeah. a different way of like what they find valuable and what they yeah. want uh, you to be doing. Life of a professional athlete. And I guess you can leverage that skill set and that, and that following into bigger and better deals. What, what are some of the, without disclosing the specifics, but what are the kind of deals, um, that, that you are looking at, you know, in terms of, you know, joint ventures and that sort of thing going forward? Um, I mean, I guess the... Even that you've done. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty stoked with where I'm at, to be completely honest. I guess uh, the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is this TV show that we're launching. We, yeah. uh, we actually film our first episode uh, next month. So uh, that'll be pretty cool. What's and, all that about? Pardon me? What's uh, all that about? Yeah, it's essentially... Um, so my wife is also a professional kayaker. She's a three-time world champion as well. And we've got two kids and we travel around the world, usually six to 10 months out of the year and wow. just go and do rad adventures. And so that's kind of, we're doing like a bit of a wow. docu-series where cool. we just kind of take the family, go on the road and do cool stuff together. Um, and, chuck kids up, and chuck the kids off waterfalls or what are we... We haven't chucked the kids off any waterfalls yet, but uh, but they do both have their own kayaks, and, and we take them out, and we we run some rivers with them and stuff like that. But we're still, yeah. you know, we're slowly introducing them into the the whitewater scene. Yeah. As someone, I mean, I my biggest fear would just be to like to scare them out of kayaking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I really would love to have them fall in love with kayaking the way that I have. But yeah. I know that if I push it upon them, that they're more likely to push back. And yeah. that, that one bad, cold, you know, experience could just turn them off completely. Right. So we right. try to make everything like a really fun experience for the kids as of right now. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. This all, yeah. 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 And you got to make sure that uh, the father-in-law, grandpa, uh, doesn't get too overzealous as well. I'm tipping too. 
Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, we've got uh, it's kind of like a whole family. Like my brother-in-law, um, he's I don't know five-time world champion as well. My father-in-law is four-time world champion. So there's a whole bunch of world champions in the family, and a whole bunch of kayaking goes on and just rad adventures. And it's uh, I mean, I can't complain. Yeah, unreal, unreal. Mate, um, uh, tell me about the Art of Awesome podcast as well. Why did you start that? And and that that extends. You've been doing some speaking as well, and you know, where where's you know Art of Awesome? Tell me tell me why you started that in the first place. It's yeah. not like you haven't got enough going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm definitely I like to take on new projects. Always, I, I probably have a little bit of ADD, but um. Yeah, the art of awesome. It's it's my podcast. I launched it. I don't know, maybe six months ago, maybe something like that. Uh, a little over six months. Well, I guess we're coming up on a year. I think. I yeah. think on Friday is our fifty seventh episode. Um, and the gist of it is, I really enjoy giving back. It's just part of my personality. Yeah. Um, throughout the years, I've I've given a fair amount financially to different, you know, um, nonprofits and stuff like that. One year I I donated all of my prize money to different nonprofits. And, and after having kids, I realized it it gets harder and harder for me to just donate financially being that I, I, it just having kids, no matter what people say, it's more expensive than not having kids. Um, (laughs) so I was trying to figure out how I could give back not just with finances, not just writing checks. Um, and so I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I could share information, uh, both, you know, through experiences that I've learned, um, but also by bringing on people like, like you and just other incredible individuals and, Mm. and sharing Mm. their years of experience, because I think you and I are both the same. We're, we're big into reading. Um, and mm. the beauty of books is that someone you can get decades of experience, you know, all put into a book for you and you can learn it in a couple of days. Yeah. And then, so that's awesome. But you know, what's even better than that sometimes is having those same decades of experience put into a quick, you know, hour long podcast or, or a conversation yeah. like this yeah. that someone yeah. can just listen to while they're, you know, doing their dishes or going for a bike yeah. ride or whatever it is. Um, and just, it's just a different way of learning and sharing and kind of giving back, maybe inspiring or, or encouraging others as well. Also on that, mate, was it, uh, I'll just bring this up. Uh, was it you that I told, uh, I think that I was reading 52 books in a year? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do it. Do we say that publicly that you're going to, you accept that challenge? I, I, man, I'll accept it. I've been, in all honesty, the 52 books has been on my on my bucket list uh, for three years in a row now, and I haven't hit 52 yet. But I've also, I mean, I'm pretty strict on my book challenge, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't include audiobooks. Um, no, and I neither. Yeah, and, and um, I don't include small books. Uh, like, I think it's got to be... I guess it depends on the page size. I mean, I read my kids' children's book every night. You know what I mean? But like, that doesn't count. Mate, that doesn't count. Come yeah, on, Mister and- Mister Tickle, that, that Doctor Seuss, that yeah. does not count. You can't. You can't right. write, yeah. reading right. green, green eggs and ham uh, <laughs> two weeks in a row does not count. Uh, yeah. Um. So, look, join me on this journey. Uh, and this so far, I was just showing this to someone else this morning. So so far. That's where you're at this this year. 
At the moment. No, not. No, I started in December. I think it was December or November. I'll get specific on those dates. But yep. so far, unbelievable. Nice. Um, I'm just, mate, I'm just putting it out there. Not that you're competitive or anything like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> that, oh, I, I think you know how to push my buttons there, Trav. Uh, <laughs> no, no, mate, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying that that's what I've done. I'd like to, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, okay. Okay, yeah, the, challenge, yeah. the challenge is on. You've set the that, bar. That is, that's a whole other whitewater rapid right there. Yep. And, uh, but it's amazing the flow on effect of, of just going after this challenge. And anyone who's watching, please, you know, DM me uh, and uh, DM, message me. <laughs> that's how we used to say it. Yeah. Message me if you want to be in the, uh, in the challenge as well because we're looking for uh, accountability buddies. Mate, it'd be remiss of me not to ask this question, Nick. What are top? What are the top three things on your bucket list, mate? The top three things. So after after having, oh man, I, my my journal is upstairs. Um, oh, I actually I think I've got it on the start. No, this has been my goals for the year. But um, after having you on my podcast, I really enjoyed your bucket list challenge, and mm -hmm. I wrote out pages of my past bucket list and the gratitude bucket list. Yeah. Um, and so on my actual bucket list, I've got, uh, read 52 books in a year. <clears throat> I've actually got, uh, read the Bible, which is yeah. something that, that I've wanted to do for some time. And I've just never I've actually got that on mine too. Yeah. I've go. never actually done and, it. And, um, I've got, and I've got read the Quran too. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm. I, I might have to, uh, follow suit there and check that out. Mm. Um, mm. and I'm trying to think of my other, in, in all honesty, um, it, life is coming at me so fast that I'm, I'm actually checking off a ton, um, create my own, like have my own TV show was one of them. And, and we're really close to, to checking that one right. off. Um, um, another one of mine is to actually, uh, to own 30 rental units and 10 short-term rental units as well. So I'm oh. definitely trying to get into the, oh. the real estate game pretty heavily um own my own business is another one i've i've kind of checked that one off i started a coffee company like uh two years ago and then long story short i came up with all these <clears throat> i was having a whole bunch of um uh allergy issues and i did all these tests and coffee was one of the most things that i was allergic to so i kind of had to shut that one down um whoa 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 i'm a coffee freak so you're allergic to coffee yeah so it, it's i don't know if allergic is the right you know word right. for it or not but essentially um mm. it, it gives me a huge histamine effect and i break out in full body hives so i mean i don't know where you call allergic to it but um anyway it um it it sucked for me because i was like and i still am i still would consider myself like a really big coffee fan and i'm very mm -hmm. into coffee and i love the taste of coffee and it it it's a big challenge of mine to kind of like to, to turn into oh. like tea drinking and and man it's uh it's different but that, but would, yeah. that would be the death of me that would be the death of me yeah uh, if i could give up the coffee oh yeah it, anyway. I, I said the same thing until the doctor kind of told me. And in all honesty, I had I, I switched onto this 
we're, we're kind of go down a, a rabbit hole here, but um, I switched on to this different diet and, and cut like a whole bunch of things out. And I had a whole year of like not breaking out. And I was like, man, maybe I just like cured myself. Maybe everything's good to go. And so actually uh, right around Christmas, I just started eating everything and, and drinking coffee every morning again. I'm like, man, I'm totally good to go. <laughs> And then I started having hives every day, a couple times a day. And I was like, oh man, I got to go back on like the no coffee and cut all this like point. nuts and stuff out. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, the coffee, the, the coffee, <laughs> the coffee business only didn't last too long. No, I kind of um, had to shut that down. So yeah, yeah I, I'd like to, to uh, start some other businesses um, yeah. and just, cool. I don't know. I mean, in a lot of ways, um, I guess the gist of it is that I, I again, consider myself extremely lucky and extremely grateful for the life that I live. And I regularly have to remind myself that even though I've got all these other goals and these other dreams and stuff like that, that I, that really like my dream and my goal and my bucket list is to continue living the life that I have. And so I've got to be careful not to not to try to juggle too many balls where I drop the one that I've got. Do you know what I mean? Um, And actually another, another one that I wrote down for my bucket list, which I've been really active at is to, um, to spend a minimum of 30 minutes, but mainly I'm aiming for an hour of fully focused time with my children every day, no electronics, put everything aside and just, just play whatever they want to play, read, go like run around in the outdoors, do whatever it is that they want to do. If they yeah. want to play video games, we go play video games, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. but just kind of like I'll play Barbies with my daughter, like just put everything away and just be like, Hey guys, like I'm here. What, what are we doing? Let's go play. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, uh, our attention these days is our most valuable commodity that we can trade, right? Our attention, yeah. our presence. Um, unreal. Hey Nick, uh, I asked this, I asked this question of every, uh every guest and that is imagine a stadium full of people uh with a raised stage at the front a big booming microphone what would you love to say and who do you choose to be in the audience oh gosh um i know what i would love to say i'm i would love everybody to be in the audience as many people that are willing to listen and i would say for me personally, the biggest thing at 32, I think is how old I am, at 32 years old and traveling the world and all the incredible, I feel like I've lived a hundred lives. Like yeah, all yeah. the incredible experiences that I've had, I can really say that the biggest thing that I would like to share is gratitude. Um, the more wow. grateful you are, so just cool. the better that life is and and the mm-hmm. more that 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 positive energy and the like the goodness comes back to you so i would mm-hmm. say regardless of how you know how hard life is for you maybe you know you're at the bottom of the barrel right now uh mm-hmm. you're, you've been kicked to the curb there's always somebody worse off and you've always got something to be positive about and something to be grateful for maybe maybe you've got you know your vision maybe you've got your hearing mm-hmm. maybe you've got your legs to walk Maybe you've got yeah. a meal or, or maybe you've got someone to, to give a hug to and, and someone that loves you. So mm-hmm. there's Love always it. something to be grateful for regardless how hard life is. And for anybody yeah. that life is good, cherish it because life is good. Yeah, yeah. So good, man. So good. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to get over your, uh, your part of the world there and uh, maybe we'll go on a blow up, you know, like whitewater rafting thing first. I don't, I don't know. I'd, um, I'd love to take you. 
<laughs> I'd love to do it. Um, mate, how can people connect with you? Because I know that people will want to. How can people connect? Give us your YouTube, give us your Insta, give us blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just look me up at Nick Troutman Kayak um, pretty much anywhere and you'll find it. Uh, my website's Nick Troutman Kayak. But yeah, hit me up. I'm probably most active on um, on Instagram. So hit me up there. Uh, if you're interested, please give us a follow on the Art of Awesome podcast. And yeah. But yeah, hit me up in any of the avenues, my website, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and, and I'm pretty pretty active in replying to all my messages. I hate when people like people will send me messages all the time. They'll be like, yeah. you'll probably never respond to this. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and then they, and I'm just like, why do you say that? I respond yeah. to all my messages. Like why, like, why do you really end up with, yeah, yeah it yeah. is a little bit where I'm just like, come on, dude. Like anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 So good. So good. So many golden nuggets in there. Read risk, read family, read new projects, taken, you know, I just love it. Thanks so much for being on the Bucket List Life podcast, mate. Um, you're an absolute inspiration, buddy. Don't stop being you, whatever you do. Don't stop sending it. So <laughs> I know you've got some bigger waterfalls to conquer. Um, and, and really being the example for, uh, for younger crew, as well as us older crew, of how to live your life and how to live your bucket list life, more importantly. So, guys, thanks so much for Nick. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Bucket List Life podcast once again. Like, subscribe on YouTube, um, comment. We will comment. I will comment on your comments. I will reply. So please tune in next time after you've done all that to the next edition of the Bucket List Life podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.